Hello and welcome to Double Book. I'm James Brown. And I'm Sabi reyes Gulkarni. I'm a media obsessive. And I'm a music journalist. Happy New Year to all from Double Booked, including our many enemies and those who have fought us and lost so badly they just don't know what to do. Love, James and Sabi. You'll feel our wrath. And for those who don't know, that is a takeoff on Donald Trump's New Year's tweet. He's, he's much of a statesman. <laughs> you didn't know? I love it. <laughs> including including my many enemies. It's it's so like He's got a lot. Yeah. I I I think I, I just this doesn't bug me. I don't mind it. I I, I like the honesty. Or the pageantry. I mean, it's definitely showy, you know? It's, it's, he, he means it, but it's also, it's he, just so tempestuous. And he's also just like, he is admitting what everybody knows, that he's, he's hated, at least it shows a level of self-awareness. Well, self-conscious, knowing that he's hated. Yeah. Being very, being very aware that he's not the most popular guy. Mm-hmm. He's very sensitive on Twitter. Yeah, and I, I think it's uh, I think it's just it's natural. I mean, if you if you look at our world, right, it's full of of uh, of people who are social media obsessive and conscious and posting all the time. You know, I posted I don't know four or five times the last few days on uh, various platforms, and like, why not? Let's let's have. Why shouldn't the president be posting on social media? Why not? Uh, you know, let's embrace it. Let's let's love it. Well, I should uh, wish you a happy New Year first of all. Thanks. And New Year's for you seems like it's something you have a better time with than December twenty fifth. Um. Look, I. I'm fine with New Year's. I, I think it's, um, you know, it's it's a it's a time of com- contemplation and and um, and um, you know, stereotypically refocusing on things you want and things you want to do and 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 who you want to be. And um, I I think that any time you take to do that is a good. Yeah, I would argue that this time of year is not the most conducive to forward momentum and turning over a new leaf. It's <laughs> I would either motion to have the new year start in fall or spring. Spring where you naturally feel like, yeah, you know, like everything's new mm-hmm. uh, and you can, can kind of get a running start. Now... This time of year, you're more <laughs> under blankets and momentum is hard, or maybe it makes perfect sense. I don't know. I, I'm fine with it. Um, but boy, it, that's a very uniquely American thought. What? A, a Northern Hemisphere bias there coming out. <laughs> it's, well, in freaking what way? Su- it's freaking summer on the Southern Hemisphere. That's true. That's true. I mean, like you, you're just uh, should they have a New Year like in? Uh, I mean, 
a winter New Year too? I mean, what what what's wrong with you? I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about that. And perhaps I should reconsider. For us up here in the northern hemisphere, it's or uh, just us here in in the cold tundra. part. The cold part. <laughs> uh, um, right, right, right. We're we're lucky right now because right now it's actually pretty nice out relatively, but. Generally, it sucks to just fuck, to to get out into the world and walk around in this time of the year when there's less light and less reasons and rationale to get out of bed other than obligation. Well, I have a different take. I actually like winter a lot, and I have I actually enjoy how there's less light this time of year, and I enjoy how there's more light at the other times of year, but. I just like the variety, but um, just you kind of tend to um, cocoon <laughs> this time of year and do indoor things. If you're in this kind of climate, indoor things and and eat a lot and, you know, it just seems like an odd time to, all right, now we're starting new, but I also can go with it. it the, 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 the disconnect is kind of fun too. And you're right, it, it, you know, Whatever, it's an opportunity to assess and look ahead and be like, okay, well, where are things relative to where I want them to be? And on New Year's Eve, I found myself feeling like, yeah, there's plenty of areas that need work, but I'm pretty okay. I mean, there there are plenty of things that need, like, immediate attention, career stuff, and, you know, across the board. Um that require to be prioritized, but I was like, eh, but overall, you know, incremental improvement, and I'm cool with it. Maybe it was just my mood last night, I don't know. Maybe. So, speaking of last night, New Year's Rockin' Eve. You have always been focused on ratings. I am curious. New Year's Rockin' Eve is an institution. It's been around for decades what um my my take is that it's on everywhere people people at least watch the the, the countdown what you know can you paint the picture for new year's rock and eve's like relevance in 2016 17 i mean look it does relatively well it is sort of uh, ratings wise in in it's sort of it gets a big share, but not a ton of uh, households. Mm-hmm. Um, in the the time of the uh, the time of the night that it's on, it's there's just there's not a ton of people who are actually watching TV. I don't know about you, but I wasn't watching TV. Um, so, uh, but it was on in the background when the ball comes down. People, uh, which is just an odd tradition. I was told actually told last night that it was uh, Atlas. Is the uh, the reason why we we have a ball um, dropping um, every uh, every New Year? The, the uh, you know Atlas, the uh, the mythical guy who carries, carries the, the world, world on, on his, his shoulders. shoulders, and like that's the reason why that we we do it that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm not crazy about that, or or that that symbol. Um, yeah, but in terms of people who actually watch the show, and I'll take it. That uh, it that way first, um, 
Dick Clark obviously dominated forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, with Dick Clark, you know, moving off the scene, uh, you had Seacrest moving into to that that mode. Um, Anderson Cooper moved into it on CNN. Carson Daly on NBC. So there was a proliferation. In many ways, it was a lot like Carson. Once Carson left, there was this sort of just uncorking of all these these um, um, alternatives. Uh, and, and even Fox has a pit, had a pit bulls. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, pit bull. Uh, and um, well, we got to give the guy props for. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> being the commodity that he is. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I, I, so you had so you have all these these uh, versions of the the uh, celebration. And, um, and mostly two-hour shows or hour-and-a-half shows. And um, their audiences are still strangely significant. And I, I don't know. Um, it's more about... It, it more connects with the larger narrative of live TV and live events yeah. that do well. And it's not just sports. It's It's... It's things where, like, Mariah Carey apparently had a had an awful night, um, and just the possibilities of things going wrong and uh, that that draw in in eyeballs and being connected to a moment that sure. you want to share. Sure, and there are very few moments that we can all share at once, and that is one of them. Um, so, yeah. my take on it has always been that it's background noise while you're getting ready to go somewhere else and I mean I don't really feel like watching the whole thing has that much appeal I mean it's kind of schmaltzy you know yes it depends on where you are yeah like if, you, if you're outgoing to parties um, you're, or just hanging with friends you're probably not but if you're like someone who is sitting at home sure maybe you're watching Lionel Richie uh, last night sure I mean, even I watched a little bit of Lionel Richie uh, at the bowling alley. I was there. Right, and and people usually have the countdown, at least the countdown part, on yeah. in bars and parties. People will turn it on at that sure. at that moment. So, you and I have both seen and reacted to many, many posts in our news feeds where people are lamenting what a terrible year 2016 was. And speaking for myself, I even though I had some personal challenges and setbacks, I don't feel that way about 2016. And I feel like there's the obvious. There are, there's a sort of regressive what right wing or tendency towards lurching to the right in several parts of the world. But I feel like what people are mainly reacting to is celebrity deaths. <laughs> like, because there's been so many that people are like, oh my God, it's been such a terrible year. What's your take? Well, it's not just a celebrity death, it's the Trump question. And um, I don't know that the people who voted for Trump are as, you know, quick to say that this was the worst year ever. That's true. So I, I think. Um, that celebrity death, you know, Muhammad Ali, lots of big names dropped. Um, 
last year. Uh, but um, I, I, I don't. I, I just don't think it was the worst year ever. Is any year the worst year ever? There had to be one. <laughs> well, but we can't even just think by, of it. Yeah, exactly. By by, um, just by um, just by default, there has to be a worst year ever. The question is, what is uh, what? What would that? What? What makes a year worse than the others? You know. Um, is this year worse than something like Hurricane Katrina? Whatever year that was, what was that? Two thousand four, oh five. I think oh. I want to say oh five. Because I think I was a senior in college. Okay. Um. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it was this worse than like uh, you know slavery or <laughs> or like World War in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You know, like I I, I don't I don't know. I mean. Um, or, or some of the bloodiest wars of Europe or Africa, or uh, it, it's or things of, going on right now in in some places we haven't mentioned that are could cataclysmic. Be, could be, but the thing is, I think most of the people who are saying that are saying that because of their in their very narrow world, they are very upset because they didn't get a couple things that a couple things happened that they didn't like. Yeah, I'm never comfortable assuming that things are. I mean, I did talk about a right-wing tendency, but I'm never comfortable with that. And I hear I hear this cross so many people's lips. Oh, man, things are getting crazy or things are getting bad. And, yes, there are certain trends that are alarming, but I always feel like, by default, we're not really wired to... It seems to me like we're not really wired to have a macro picture. Like... It seems like it's an automatic reflex just from hearing people talk and the way people use media to take, like, our assumptions about or things that we see trending in our, on our small scale and extrapolate them to a large scale. Now, that's distorted now because we have access to all this information, but, but, you know, that, that whole phrase, what's this world coming to or things are getting... You know, I've heard people in my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation talk about how the the corruption of morals and social decay and things like that. It always seems like they're looking at things through a funnel when they say that. And so, all of these like you know, 2016 couldn't get here, couldn't get out of here fast enough. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. There's memes about this now. You know, at least I've seen them on my newsfeed. Just seems like. Where have you been? Life has been miserable for some people every year, you know? Sure. I, I think that it's a very self-centered point of view, and I think it's also, like, the nature of the communications world that, that we live in. We are... We're not spending gobs of time articulating ourselves. Uh, we are spending 30 seconds or less. Hmm. We're we're not thinking in terms of perspective. We're thinking about how I feel right now at this very moment. And you know, I have to tell you, there was a moment early here, earlier today in 2017. It is New Year's Day when we are recording this, where I felt, boy, that hurts. Boy, this year's got off to a painful start. Ouch. What 
Uh, may I ask? Uh, well, how, first of all, how much how related was this to the outcome of the Buffalo Bills game? Uh, not not okay. at all. Or so what? So no, I just I just had a pain. Um, you know, uh, you know, one of those like, you know, oh crap, I'm kind of older pain, like like on my freaking side. I woke up in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh, that that kind of hurts. Oh, you mean a li- an actual like a, physical like ache? A literal okay. actual <laughs> ache. And I and I got like, ouch, and like that sucks. This is worst year ever. <laughs> So you're already indulging, but that's a yeah. different thing. Look, I, look, I, I, obviously, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. But even though the pain was real, I, I, I just think that like it, it's very easy to get caught up in what you are feeling at the time and not think about anybody else. That's kind of what got us the whole Trump thing. You know, it, it, it's we, we we think about ourselves and our feelings, and we don't think about the rest of them. But we think we, but we that think we are talking. There about are bigger stuff. trends going on, and everyone else. We we're we're revert, we're projecting our own experiences and feelings onto the world. Yeah, which absolutely. seems really. Which which look our media where, where it has gone and how we interface with it. It's very personal, and and you know. Uh, and it's so easy to to become a part of that conversation that that a personal ache, a personal problem, a personal point of view, you can you can you can feel so easily like the it's the entire world agreeing with you. Hmm. And with things algorithmically tailored You'll, to your preferences and keywords you use and things you click on and so mm-hmm. on and so forth, it's and, feeding and the that things your friends like. Mm-hmm. You know, so these are if you are with your, you know, your friends are your friends for a reason, right? So you probably like some of the same things that your friends like, and you come to some of the same things that concern you concern your friends. And what are these worlds are echo chambers? In these echo chambers, will reflect to you. Usually, a lot of what you believe and what you want to hear. Yes, that's the way they're designed. So, since they are designed that way, what what else can you expect? Yeah, well, you posted something on the double booked Facebook page, which we urge you all to check out because there's a lot of stuff that appears on there that we don't touch on on the show. In fact, most of it. But you posted something, and you added a note to it. You said, stop whining, get up and do something, or something along those lines. Uh, stop whining, do shit. Yeah. Um, look. Um, Specifically related to this, to yes. people complaining about 2016. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the reason why I feel that way is that I... Look. I know you don't like Trump. Go start a resistance. Go start. Go to the the freaking woman's march that's supposedly happening. Go freaking get active. Go do something. Stop sitting on social media and whining about stuff. You know, uh, go start your own show and and whine there. Like, like or find another a more a more constructive way to express. It, yeah, is what do you're saying. something to build build your resistance. Don't 
Just sit in your corner and whine. How do you say you do that? A, I'm here. Okay. This is, this is one way to do it. I, I think that, um, I, secondly, I, I don't think I, um, I don't whine about politics often uh, in social anymore. Um, I do every once in a while, but um, not not often. Um, uh, thirdly, uh, when I when I'm interested in an issue, I'll seek out people who are, and uh, I'll get involved on them. Um, and I, I I just don't I don't uh, my advice and take it for what it's worth is to just like go get active. Don't just sit there and. And complain. Yeah, I mean, clearly, you and I both feel like one of our preferred methods of engaging is to be reflective and to be expressive and to communicate and to unpack ideas. And that's our form of, I wouldn't call that activism necessarily, but that's the equivalent for us, I think, if I can speak for you. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't consider this activism. Me uh, neither, but it's it satisfies what there's a personality type that will go out and like seek to bring about social change, and I think that personality type presents that as an obligation for everyone. I think for you and me, the way we live is we're a little bit more like, hey, what's this all about, and let's knock around some ideas and for me that's of paramount importance that I do that and I do feel like I'm contributing something by doing that and I I, I would agree uh, to most of that I think that I, I feel like I don't have the the exact point of view of most of the world and I think um, that articulating it in a way that's it's interesting hopefully um would is the is one way to go about it? I think also, you know, I I I think the the repetition of the whining inside my Facebook world has got to a point where it's so grinding, where I'm just ignoring it and. I, I it can't be just me. James wants to put lots of people in Facebook timeout, Facebook jail. Yeah, I got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. Yeah, I mean, what we're doing is we're attempting to offset these very binary, polarized perspectives that seem to satisfy people's um, this base desire for something to react to in a negative way and get angry about whatever place on the political spectrum you're on. It's like so much media is tailored to putting you in one camp versus another. And clearly, if you've been listening to this show prior to this, you, you know that that doesn't really work for us. And we, you and I both kind of see through, James and I both kind of feel alienated from that type of entrenched combative dialogue. And so it's it's just 
I, I like what you're saying. Like, do something. Create. Do do something proactive or do something active in some way rather than than satisfy your need to vent on social media. Question. The New Year's Rock and Eve thing. How much has that adapted to people being able to stream it, watch it on their phone, like live stream, all that stuff? Like, how, how much has that well, one interesting development this Evolved. year is that Netflix, it's not live at all on Netflix, but Netflix did create a ball drop for parents and for people who didn't want to stay up to watch the ball drop. <laughs> we can literally turn it on right now. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's crazy, but, but they did. And um, so that's one adaptation. Uh, Facebook had a stream. Uh, YouTube had a stream. I'm sure. So, like, I, I think the ball drop itself is not an exclusive property. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, it, it, MTV, NBC, ABC, and Fox couldn't all air it if it were exclusive. Right, right. So, and even the performances, I don't think, are exclusive. So, I think that. What you've, you're seeing is, uh, you know, them drifting into the other universes like every other platform. Yeah, I would hope it so. This lends itself to it. I mean, we could have watched it on our phones, but why? Well, and to be honest, I've always thought the last place on earth I'd want to be on New Year's Eve is in Times Square, freezing my ass off in a huge crowd surrounded by, like, you know, mostly saccharine pop music. Who, you know... But it's fun to watch on TV in, in the moment. We're talking about cultural events. There is a Canadian musician and cultural analyst or critic named Torkel Campbell. Okay. Who, on the show Q, formerly hosted by the now disgraced Gian Gameshi. Okay. When you two... When the last the, the most recent U two album just appeared in everyone's iTunes okay. and that backfired spectacularly, Torkel was on the show Q and he said something interesting. He said album releases are no longer cultural events. Music is just something is just content to sell phones. Now this was damn near ten years ago, right? No 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 the U two album? Yeah, it wasn't ten years ago. That was close to 10 years. No, 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 no. We're talking like within the past fifteen. 15? No, 2015. Oh, uh, no, no, the U2 album. Yes, that that appeared in everyone's that iTunes. That was like damn near 10 years ago. No, 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 no. Seven years ago? Let's look it up. Okay. It's more recent than that. I think seven years ago sounds about right. No, I'll bet you. But not money. I forgot the name of the album. I di- I, I I'm okay. not a fan of it. Is it 2013? Maybe it's as, it's as far back as it would go. Songs of Innocence. It's 14 or 15. Let's see. Because the Giangomeshi scandal broke in October of 2014, so it was before that. It was that same year that he was uh, on. It was 2014. I'm pretty. Sh- I'm almost positive. Yeah, maybe I'm delusional. Your sense of time. You're getting a lot more life experience out yeah, of time, I'm, apparently. If it, I'm old. If the last... Well, you would think it goes the other way where it goes by too quick, so... Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, in 2014, I was wrong. So, um, 
Look, I... I think that the way that they did it <laughs> was fucked up. Um, and, but not the idea was... The idea wasn't wrong. Well, didn't Jay-Z do something similar when... Well, he, what he did and Rihanna did a similar thing where they cut a deal... They cut deals, I believe, with Samsung. Right. And uh, when you bought the phone, uh, Samsung went and bought whatever... Uh, two million digital copies and just gave it to yep. all the subscribers. Yep, and they they paid a lump sum for that. Yeah, and then I remember seeing something where Billboard was like, "Well, wait, are we going to count this as two million and they, sales?" And they did, uh, but and I think it's way shadier. That what they did was way shadier. Why is that shady? Because you didn't have to buy the album for it to count as a sale. Yeah, no, you didn't have to buy a phone for you to choose album that be given to you. Right, right. Like so, and and also, I, I don't know that it should have counted at all, but 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 it did. But people with the YouTube thing, people were up in arms. I mean, as yeah, as, because they, because it appeared on a phone, it was something because a phone is a very private thing, right? And it's, it's invasive. It, it's very invasive, absolutely. It's like, uh, you know, like Facebook deciding that you are going to be friends with Donald Trump, and like you're like. I didn't choose to be choose Donald Trump to be my friend. I'm gonna unfriend him, and then you can't unfriend him. And he's just like he's angrily putting you know all his you know semi racist um, um, world view into your feed, and you're like, what the fuck? And That's then, you're saying that would be the equivalent yeah, of yeah, yeah, an extreme version, but yes. But the, you you are your phone. And your feed in your social media, the social media world, is a world where you're expecting to have a, a level of control that you typically don't have. There's a sanctity to that, to the illusion of that, of that privacy that you two inadvertently tripped their way into. And the interesting part of that thing was that Apple didn't realize it. Yes. That is far more interesting. Because, I mean, you can't fault U2 for turning down the deal. Well, yeah, you can't fault U2. And also, Apple is a very... There's such an arrogance with Apple that they they feel that they're always right. So it doesn't really... Um, so they don't really care that you don't feel good about what they do or their decisions or whether it, it, it they think that they understand tomorrow so you'll just deal with it today yeah yeah i mean and and i think you can see that ethic arguably in in the interface of a lot of their software and their their hardware and the decision to get rid of the the usb from laptops they're all their decision making is based in that that thought, the thought that they know better, that they are daddy, that they are your, that they deserve all the control. Yeah, I mean, and again, the workability, like their software, man, iTunes itself, I was just thinking about this because I was getting frustrated. iTunes itself has some amazing features that are awesome, but it's it's so handheld in a certain lane that there isn't the flexibility to work around it 
and that gets really frustrating just as a music listener the way it organizes your albums for you into albums that can be cool but it can also be really aggravating too that you, that it's hard to manipulate that um or when things don't automatically come up in the database you have to go through and you have to resort everything it's hard to put into you know what i mean it's like it's it Think you're you're existing in uh, older paradigm on that. Go go, go ahead, explain. Uh, because very few people are listening to music on iTunes. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, streaming. they're streaming. And I think I think that fewer and fewer people are like, um, are just concerned with how iTunes doesn't matter because I still get plenty of there's still plenty of mp3 downloads off of Bandcamp number one yeah. that's still a viable means for, for bands yeah, to yeah. make to, no, to make not, so so you need happening. you need some player to play yeah. and for many people if you they have if you have a MacBook or an iPhone no if, if you have a computer right. you can have iTunes right 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 but I'm saying even 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 more so when you have an Apple made machine no, device no, about the same. no I get it I, I get that iTunes you can get on any machine but like it's built in no, no the, the exposure is about the same they're they're the leader in with Windows also right so 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 I'm just saying that interface it's it it's emblematic of everything you were talking about that their approach is kind of parental <laughs> in a way um or uh, even you know we're recording this in garageband garageband has amazing features but there's things that are like uh that it does for you where you're just like okay now i have to work around this and that's annoying the whole reason why i brought up the youtube thing and i thought it was funny i think it was tyler the creator who tweeted the day after like waking up with a youtube youtube album or waking up with a new youtube album on your phone is like having contracting herpes <laughs> um but the reason i brought that up is one thing that i think is a cultural event is no longer an album release per se but the surprise album drop which we had one last week we had one on christmas eve by run the jewels and i feel like that is when a band like that that has a high enough profile that has, you know, gotten tons of critical attention for prior releases, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, says, hey, we're dropping an album right now, and it's free. I think that's a big deal, and it's... That's become, for me, the modern equivalent of, oh, this album was coming out on a certain day. I'm anticipating that date. I'm going to go out to the store and, and go get it. Around here, you had midnight store openings. That, that was a pretty common thing at the House of Guitars, Although I I don't even want to give them a plug, but certain stores around here, you already did. Yeah, certain stores around here. I might cut it out because I hate them. No, 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 leave it in. Certain stores around here would would have like record archive midnight because you you weren't legally allowed to sell the album beforehand, even if you had got it in the store. So you had to wait till midnight of that day, so stores would open and people would go. The anticipation obviously isn't there if you got surprised by something. Oh, all of a sudden this is here, but the excitement. I think is the modern equivalent of that. It's like, oh wow, now there's this thing that all of a sudden is here. That's at least how I felt when those guys released this album 15 minutes before midnight on December 24th. It also helps that I'm really crazy about the album too. But what's your take on the surprise album drop? Well, I think that it is it 
it goes with the times. It's it's one of those things that is it that the build up to an album release. There's really two models if you really think about it uh, that that we we both saw them display this year with prominent acts. Obviously, the uh, surprise album drop with uh, with Run the Jewels. We saw it with uh, Beyonce earlier this year also, and we saw the like just sort of like stutter album drop. We saw it with Kanye. We saw it with Frank Ocean, mm-hmm. where it's gonna come out. It's gonna come out. It's gonna come out. Maybe, 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 and all that anticipation was built up, and then they they ended up dropping it in dramatic fashion. Although with Kanye, it was specifically he kept putting different versions, and it was title only. Yeah, but but it was still a stutter drop. It right, wasn't. It right. wasn't like a, I'm just gonna release it. I'm just gonna. Like let it out in uh, and 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 in alternative fashion. Um, when it comes to the to dropping, uh, I think Rihanna also uh, had a, a surprise drop. Also, so I, I think it's one of those things like you need anything to cut through the noise, right? And that is one thing that could buy you a couple of days of news cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, lead in the um, freaking world of uh, music journalism um, and just like pop culture journalism online and just even experience of your album because release dates now are an, are a fuzzy vaporous thing they're not a concrete they're not concrete anymore I mean you can stream albums ahead of time tracks are released on on SoundCloud or premiered on certain media platforms. Now, that's not that different, or it's not that different in spirit from releasing singles to radio beforehand, or or what would have been CD or cassette singles, or 12 inches. But it is, in a sense, once the date of the album comes, you're not, you don't feel like something has arrived. When, it, when it's done this way, you still do. When it's done the way that you've described the artist we just mentioned, you still do feel like something was born. <laughs> well, and I think there's a more important element to this. And it's, there's a concession here that, uh, that Run the Jewels made uh, that I think is more important than something being born. It's the free uh, element of this. And the fact that it's a concession that they're, they even if they do well, they're going to sell a couple hundred thousand copies, probably. Maybe half a million copies, maybe. Uh, but that would be a lot. That would be a uh, lot. That's probably a, a stretch, right? Yeah, I would think so. The thing is, they have their constituency. And their constituency was probably probably 250,000 copies, probably, over the next whenever. You mean a physical, mostly vinyl, you're saying? No, that, well, that they could have sold. Okay, I see, I see. All right? And that they're going to make their money touring. And they're gonna make their money um, featuring their music being featured in other ways, licensing it, and also merch and yeah. yeah. So why why play this game of you know why not just take the free publicity, get it in the hands of as many people as possible, and and tour the the hell out of this this record, and also use that visibility. To engage other revenue streams. Yeah, like it's it's the most logical thing. I mean, 
Chance the Rapper did the same exact thing. Uh, it, uh, I mean, I don't think it was. Uh, I don't believe it was a surprise drop, but it, essentially he said, "No, like, why am I going to worry about record company? Why am I going to worry about um, you know drop dates and all that jazz? Why am I going to worry about forcing people to pay for this thing? You know." Uh, it, there'll probably be a vinyl release of this, probably, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. There and is, I'm yeah. sure um, Coloring Book was um, on, on vinyl also. But the thing is, like, you if it's going to be stolen and you're not going to make that much money off that... Why even bother to put your eggs in that basket when you know they're going to be crushed anyway? Yeah. Yeah, why not treat a record as a loss leader and use it as a calling card as your business card to get people in the door to engage you in some other way and hand over money in some other way you're you're saying the term for this is freemium yes it's um it's um mostly internet marketing term where um i was well great great example this is uh i've been um i've been watching a lot of these gary vanderchuk videos he's this um online marketer dude and um, his idea is essentially, I'm going to give you so much free stuff that you're going to feel guilty not to buy my book. <laughs> hmm. So like he's like, okay, I'm just going to put out videos every day, and I'm going to offer you something of value in these videos. And you're, and, but when I put out a book, you're going to feel like, boy, this last year of videos of this guy offered me something of value. Therefore... I, I, why not throw out $18 or 12 bucks or whatever it is on Amazon for this guy's book? And that's one example of freemium. Uh, but generally, freemium is like you offer free services up to a certain point or free content up to a certain point in exchange for... Um, and then you get your hardcore people to actually spend... Uh, uh, usually a higher amount of money. Because those people are always going to be in someone... Like, every fan base is going to have those people that buy things anyway. Yes, and, and one example of this is Slate, right? Slate has Slate Plus. So, if you love the Slate Culture Gap Fest, as I used to, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't really listen to it much anymore, or, or the, the Political Gap Fest, mm-hmm. uh, you, you get an extra segment every week with your friends that you listen to all the time. You get extra articles. You get extra podcasts with people, these personalities that you enjoy in exchange for five bucks a month. You get more. They give, offer all this stuff for free. And then if you want more of the stuff, pay me a little bit here. And Run the Jewels, in this case, is doing something similar. It's like, sure. we're going to offer you this album. We're going to do as best we can with this album. And when, when we come to Rochester or, or St. Petersburg or L.A. or wherever, come to the show. Well, and then, Buy and, some merch. And to get the album, you, you sign up with an email and you, yes. get, and you get an email message yeah. with T-shirt. At, like it's like an ad mm-hmm. for a T-shirt and then a package and you know deluxe package and all that stuff. All things that their margins are way higher than selling right. uh, uh, records through iTunes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or or way higher than they would have been working with like a, tr- a traditional record company model where they're making you know a buck per seventeen dollar sale of a CD. And you know you'll and you know like in exchange 
you know, it, why not? Spend the, spend the 20 bucks. Get a nice shirt. Right. One thing that we can always count on being a cultural event, Kanye. Now, we had two recently. We had his nervous breakdown, his diagnosis, his having to cancel shows, and then shortly thereafter, his visit with Trump at Trump Tower. The floor is yours, sir. Well, <laughs> I, I'd i like to start by giving a toast to the douchebags in the world. Every one of them that I know. Mr. Kanye West, I love you. I love you. I adore you. And I I don't care if you, you met Donald. Um, just a personal message between me and you, Kanye. I don't really care about the rest of the people who listen. They, they don't matter. It's just me and you, Kanye. Look, man. I don't know what's going on with your, your mental state. I would worry about that more than taking photos with Donald. Just me. Like, I, I, I want another record. I, I want another record. I, I All I want is you to get healthy and get right mentally and then go go do something audacious again and something wonderful. I, I, I could... I could Really, as cool as it was to see the internet lose their mind over your meeting with Donald, I, I could really care less. I just want you to keep it together so that you can give us something more awesome again. Well, thank you, Kanye. I should say, <clears throat> I should tell the folks listening that James was as excited by. The internet's reaction to not just the visit, but the internet's reaction to it, as much as I was excited about the Run the Jewels album once I heard it. Uh, I give Kanye's visit with Trump on my yawnometer. Uh, how many yawns did that get from Savvy? About a seven to eight out of ten. James, it got zero yawns. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Right, right. But I mean but you you I'm surprised you're still saying that you think he has his priorities out of whack. Oh, he clearly he, he's had his priorities out of whack out of whack for a long time. This that's not new. I mean, but that's a that's a sign of his whole and I would call I feel comfortable calling it a disease. His the fact that he went and visited Trump to me fits perfectly in line with his mental state appearing to be compromised because that's been his whole problem since day one is that he has aspired to being the center of the world's attention and then reacts aversely to it because it feeds his persecution complex. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he, number one, he would have a mental breakdown and number two, I mean, we don't even know if that's really what happened, but he has been showing signs and you've acknowledged this before of what you've termed mental illness for a long time. I mean, his rants on stage. I mean, so so even the way he engages Twitter seems a little bit um, off base or uh, certainly unhealthy. So, I don't know. I just saw it as part of his... It's it's yet another installment of the same. I, we've seen this show before. Yeah, it was gutsy. Yeah, it was audacious. But Trump and Kanye are kind of meant for each other. They're real friends. I mean, I mean, 
they are peas in a pot, really, in terms of how they approach, how they've built their following. Um, I don't know about that. How they built their following? Let me. Are you putting The Apprentice and The College Dropout on the same level? <laughs> no, 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 no. And I'll refer to an article here. I have it flagged, um, but I have so many links. No, I'm saying that their method of perpetually making themselves the center of attention and discussion. What do you expect from a pop star? I don't expect everyone has to go the Kanye route. No, you. But you don't expect you don't expect a pop star to make themselves the center of attention. Not to that degree. I, I there are gradations here. There, there are gradations here. There, are, there. I don't see Beyonce as having the same issues as Kanye. I don't know. I haven't met either one of these people. Or well, look, I'm not saying that she has the same issues as Beyonce as Kanye, but I, I'm saying that she is going about it in a different way. Obviously, you said gradations, but I, I think that. Um, but she's definitely trying to make herself the center of attention. She didn't. Work, she didn't show up for a meeting with Trump. She has so more what? grace. She has more grace than that. So There's what? a difference. There's a difference. I, I think. The, uh, I, you know, there, you can't argue that that's exactly the same thing. Yes, she's trying to make this, herself the center of attention. Kanye's Kanye's center of attention goes beyond marketing his product. It okay. goes beyond marketing his brand. Okay. The guy clearly has a, an insatiable need to be at the center of our the public's thought. Yeah. That's 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 beyond what so I what? think Beyonce is doing. You have no issue with it. I find it abhorrent. I find it despicable, actually, and I find it grotesque that people play into it. And I thought his going to see Trump was about as much of an event. As a kindergarten, a preschooler puking on another kid and crying about it in class. To me, it was like, okay. What was the? Where was the? I, I I don't. Not see. that he was puking. I'm saying, to, to me, it was about, about as much as 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 noteworthy as a preschooler crying. And it's like, all right, shrug. This is what a preschooler does. I I think I don't completely agree, but I, there there are. I think there is some common ground there between you and me on that one in that I don't understand why people are upset about this. I don't understand why people are surprised. I don't understand why people are angry. It's Kanye. It's kind of what he does. Um, and um, it doesn't bug me. Um, and I don't think it should bug Really, anyone? Talib Kweli, yeah, the rapper. Of course. <laughs> oh, you have. I I, I, okay. I saw it. Go oh, on Vlad TV. Go ahead. He took issue with with Kanye meeting with Trump and actually called it dangerous. And the uh, the the writer Justin Charity, who's a contributor on TheRinger.com, who I started following, he's part of my media diet now because he wrote a great piece on. Kanye and Trump's tactics and drawing parallels there. I recommend his stuff. If you okay. go to theringer.com and search Justin Charity or just search Kanye, you, his pieces will come up. He's written about him uh, more than once. Three times in recent memory that I can think of. 
on the narcissism, on making him as himself a spectacle and not having any substance there. And I think he spoke I mean, to that better is, than I could. What is the need for a pop star to have substance? Why does a pop star need substance? That is a question that shows your the existential void. <laughs> You'd have to be living in an existential void to... And I see what you're getting at. We're not talking about Deepak Chopra. We're not talking about the freaking... Martin Luther King. We're not talking about. We're not talking about a guy who claims to be a spiritual leader. We're not talking about a, a politician. We're not talking about. We're not talking about anyone. We're talking about a guy who makes songs and sneakers. We're not, we're not talking about anyone who is doing. If if he truly ran for president, then we should expect substance from him. All right. Well, you're on board with that too. And look, actually, look, hey, look, if he runs, look. <laughs> If he runs and he, and, he, and, he, and he shows substance, absolutely. Well, why not? He's not going to show substance if he runs. But, but if That's he, about as likely as if he did, him going to a retreat for 10 years and not saying a word. If he did, look, then if he ran for president, then we should expect substance. All right? If, since he did, and look, just by, uh, uh, he's just a guy who puts out music and puts out a, uh, a content and and um, and he, he he makes snow he makes clothes and sneakers and it's not I I don't understand why there is such an expectation of him or any artist that uh, 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 to be substantive. You, well, I flip the script on you. Why is he so exceptional to you as an artist? No, as as a personality, as someone who gets attention, if you're saying there's no need for art, uh, for pop artists to have substance, why does he stand out to the degree that he does? As an artist, no. Why does he stand out for these antics? Because you're saying people get upset; they get more upset with him no, than I'm say saying, Beyonce. I'm saying that they shouldn't. But he also stands out to you as being someone you admire for doing that, or, or no, 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 because because no. other people haven't. No, I never said that. Uh, what, what, what I um, I I I mean, I, I see you smile. I'm I'm. I, look, I, would you let me? No, 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 no. Let me just clarify. When I say you admire, I, that's that's my own assessment because I see the way you smile every time his name comes up. So there's some you appreciate the guy. Let's put it yeah, that way. Uh, yeah, I enjoy his antics, but it, but that's what they are antics. They're not, they're not like, it's not, I'm not, if he, okay, so if Donald Trump were doing this. The, the he is doing it. Oh, no, he's not. He's not. Um, if, uh, if, if, the, if the president-elect were, were doing this, um, if he were going, every time he gave a speech, he just ranted for a half hour, which I guess is possible, uh, right? If he did that, then look, then that's an issue. But a pop star doing it? I don't care. Right, because you're more enthralled or, or at least uh, engaged. I love, engaged. I love him as an artist. You're, but you're also engaged by our response to him, and you're you're like meta watching the response and the media's coverage of it. I find it sickening and unhealthy and gross. Um, and I'm. You know what I find sickening and unhealthy and gross? The response. Well, I don't. I don't respond. To, I don't pay attention no, to it. Uh, oh, you don't? No. Oh, come on. I don't. Come on. No. See, you have a hard time believing that. Come I don't on. pay attention. You posted that that um, 
the video of him. All right, so if I if I didn't post it, you tell you tell me. You I would have heard about it. I wouldn't have clicked on it. It would have been in my trending, mm. and I would have seen other people's tweets. I wouldn't have clicked on it. I don't pay that much attention to him. He doesn't register as important to me. And I I, I have tweeted him a nasty tweet once though. <laughs> oh yeah, you. Uh, he's not important, but you tweeted him. Okay. Be sure to follow Double Booked on SoundCloud and Twitter, subscribe to our iTunes and YouTube channels, and like us on Facebook. You can also reach us via our email address, doublebookedshow at gmail.com. We welcome correspondence on any of those platforms, some of which we will read and respond to on the show.